Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. The generosity of kings last week, we are talking about Solomon and his generosity with God. He went to that altar and offered 1,000 burnt offerings in one night. And this forced God to come down and inquire what was going on, basically asking Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon told him, I want wisdom because I understand my purpose. We say that when you don't know your purpose in life, you're going to waste encounters. Because God will come to you and you start asking for the, the, all the other things that people who don't have vision ask for. Am I making sense? And we've been through the week, Word Alive, the Holy Spirit week, where as the week progressed, God started turning our hearts to what he wanted us to really be interested in. Because when you read Psalms, who knows where that Psalm is? Ask of me. Uh, Psalm 2, 8. Now verse 7 talks about sonship. Give me Psalm 2, 7. And then we'll go to Psalm 2, 8. Psalm 2, 7. I'll declare the decree. Uh-huh. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Now when you're born again, that's what it means also. Because we are joint heirs with Christ. It's not only Jesus who is the son of God. He through his sacrifice and death and resurrection has made a way for us to become sons, children, sons and daughters of God. And so God says, today, today, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And verse 8 says, now that you are my son and have begotten you, here is what you should be asking for. Ask of me, uh-huh, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Children of God, those who are listening to me, raise your expectation levels. Don't waste your faith on little things. If God gives you a nation, he will give you a pair of jeans. If, yeah, why would God give you a nation and doesn't give you a place to stay? or a car to drive, or whatever it is that people look for, or money. Those are secondary things. Wow. Hey. Come on now. Yeah. So, that's where we're operating. We are now operating at nation's level. Yeah, and I, I, I'm commissioning you to go and start dreaming nations. Yes, that's what God is doing in this church. God is going to send people from this church who are going to inherit nations, to take over nations. God told Jeremiah, Behold, to this day, this day I have set you over the nations. Are you there? Are you silencing me? doesn't even sound correct. Okay. So, so, so Solomon asked for wisdom. He said, hey, hey, you have asked for wisdom. I'm going to give you everything 
else that people are normally looking for or praying for. And that's how Solomon became the kind of king that he became. He became very wealthy. He made gold and silver to be as stones in Jerusalem. Not only was he wealthy, he created an economy where everyone else was wealthy. How about that for vision? It's not enough for you to do well. We can only tell you, doing well in kingdom terms is when you're causing so many other people to do well. Right? Yeah, you start businesses. You employ people. You have, you take suppliers things. You, you help people. You, you create a chain of, 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 of growth. So that's where God wants us. Amen. Hey. Alright, so I want us to take it to another dimension still within the same area of, soul, of the generosity of kings and this is the dimension of um, horizontal generosity, not just vertical generosity. What do I mean? When I talk vertical, it's like you and God. Yeah? You, you. I'm assuming by now you understand that you need to be generous with God if you're going to be really useful. But now, the other thing is, with that comes generosity with other people. Hey, the series is blessed to be a blessing. So we have to talk about generosity with other people. What happens when kings understand who they are and they start relating with others with that royal perspective? So thankfully, like the Bible is likely to do, there is a solution for that also. Hey, when it comes, a glorious king, all his ransomed home to bring, then I knew this. Song will sing hallelujah. What a savior! I'll go to the, to the two verses before that. I feel someone needs to hear this guilty vibe and helpless. We, oh, spotless lamb of God, was he. Full atonement, can it be? Hallelujah! What a savior! Take up the key. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished. Was his cry now in heaven exalted? I hallelujah, what a savior! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, what a Savior, 
Hallelujah, 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 what I some people who they just don't feel good about themselves because they look at all the the big heap of the mess they've done in life and in their thoughts and in their hearts and they just feel like oh man you're feeling drat do I deserve anything from God and God says you deserve everything from me because it's not about you and what you have done or not done it's about what my son has done and when you understand that, then you approach the throne of grace with confidence. That is what salvation is about. If you could save yourself, you would not need a savior. The reason you and I need a savior is we can't save ourselves. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul cries, who would deliver me from the body of this death? And so I just get a strong sense that someone listening in or in this room or watching online needs to know that that even we talk about being blessed to be a blessing it has nothing to do with your performance it has to do with what Christ has done and embracing that by faith and then start living that life out amen and when you do that at the end of times this is what this is what is going to happen oh when he comes our glorious king all his ransomed home to bring then I knew this song will sing hallelujah word of second Chronicles chapter 9 verse 1 now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon you know when you do well people are going to hear about you it's usually a problem if they've never heard about you the idea with life is that your name should go before you before you show up people should have an expectation of what they are going to encounter every name represents value and values When I say Ariho Kamara, there are certain values and there is a certain value the name carries. Hey, come on now. Are you shutting me down or not? Yeah. So be, be very aware about value and values. What value does my name carry? When Manchester United resigned Cristiano Ronaldo, their stock grew by what percentage? 14%. In, two, in just two weeks, Manu stock grew by 14%, just resigning one player who is old. He's not in the prime of his life. When he went to Juventus, within 24 hours, they had sold enough T-shirts to pay for his transfer fee. And his transfer fee was above $100,000. Hundred, sorry, pardon my problem. A hundred million dollars. They sold Madrid 
sold a player for 100 million plus dollars to Juventus and in 24 hours Juventus had sold enough t-shirts with number 7 at the back to recover all that money say value if we sold anyway ah hey why are you scaring me but if there was a transfer <laughs> and it was your name hey we go on eh? too sensitive T.F. Eka says that you shall be compensated according to the value you bring to the market usually you can tell where things lie based on what your employer is willing to pay you hey we don't have a lot of time so they are just going to keep coming like that so get ready for it value and if you take nothing out of today's message at least if you sleep off after a few minutes take value and values when they say Moses Mkisa what do they expect <laughs> churches <laughs> I like that churches Disciples, leadership, intensity, speed. Some of you, when we hear your name, we just see things slowing down. Now that shall not continue in the name of Jesus. Value and values. says when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon he had done something it's not about having a social media account what have you done you know follow me I'll follow you back no 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 no, no. <laughs> usually when at the beginning of every year when we start gang and we have done this evaluation with our leaders as well we always say leadership is influence nothing more Nothing less. Show us your Twitter handle with how many followers you have. You try it out in your own leadership spaces. Yeah, why don't people want to follow your handle? Because the value... Uh, no. Uh, we are saying... Shake it eh? Ribaba. My right leg is shaking. People are scared of confessing value issues. Guys, let's get let's get let's talk. Let's get to grips with this issue. What value do you bring to the table? Do people want to do business with you? Are people trying to visit you? Are people visiting your business premises if they exist? Are people visiting your church? premises if they exist when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of so it's not about just fame it's the value behind the name she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions <sighs> having a very great retinue camels that bow spices I don't hear you reading 
gold in scarcity, in abundance, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So you see, Solomon was very famous. If you go and read, you'll see that all, it says all the kings of the earth wanted to what? To come inquire of him. And not only was he talking to kings, he was also talking to ordinary folk. He was judging their cases. So you can imagine Solomon had a very busy schedule. In fact, you may find that Hotel Jerusalem was making quite a bit of money because maybe since there was no way of making an appointment, you needed to come and wait for a few weeks. And so he needed to pay for room and boarding, bed, bed and breakfast as you waited for your time of the appointment with Solomon. Are you following? Now, it needs to look like it. So, 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 guys are raking in money. Can you imagine? People are making money because people are waiting to see you so they have to find a place to stay. So, guys are making money on Solomon because everyone wants to see him. And then this African babe. Hey. I like to emphasize to people that the Queen of Sheba was one, a woman, to an African. Because anytime you bring those two things together, people immediately in their minds start reducing the value. Woman, they start reducing the value. African, they start reducing the value. Now here was an African woman and there was nothing value reduction about her. She came all the way from Africa, crossed all those lands to go to Jerusalem to see who? Solomon. Now, wise people look for wise people. Yeah, sometimes the reason you're stuck is you're stuck in your village in Chaliwajala. You don't want to go find out other people what they are doing, what, you know. She was wise. She's like, I've heard about this guy. He has grown his kingdom. There's so much wealth there. People there are happy. I want my people to also be happy. I also want to be a leader that leads as the way he leads. So I must go and have a conversation with him. That's wisdom for someone right now. Hey. No, the way the people in the room are reacting, it's as if everything I'm talking about, they haven't been doing. So, it's like we are going to start somewhere. Yeah. Go find someone. You know, some of you, you only like to hang out with people who are doing worse than you. Go find someone who has aced it. Who is ahead of you in whatever it is. Seek them out. Because it's going to change your life. So she decides, I'm going to find Solomon. Now, she is not coming from next door. Jerusalem wasn't in Nalia, and uh, she's called the Queen of Sheba. Sheba wasn't Charlie Wajala, why Jerusalem is in Nalia. She was going to traverse many kingdoms, carrying a lot of wealth. Now, there are all those robbers who just wait for people who carry wealth. Now, she had to have a whole army to protect her staff all the way to Jerusalem. 
Bible says she had a retinue. The camels, it's a line. Now imagine those people were posted on the Jerusalem walls for to, you know, protection, whatever it is. So one, one, one morning, guys, they are yawning, drinking his black tea. <gasps> From a cup, which probably is, has gold, golden rims. This is a security guard. Even that is an instruction. Anyway, because I'm always like, security guard, it has to be burnt a little bit on the side, you know. Yeah. So he's there, then, then he looks in his binoculars. That cleans them a bit. He looks again. Tells his neighbor, okay. oh, wake up, look. Okay, look. Call headquarters. Jerusalem, we have a problem. We don't know whether these people come in peace or not, but we have just seen a long line of camels, soldiers, workers, servants, and one of the animals that you think looks as if it's a very important. It's a VIP. A VIP is coming. One time, this is not a true story. A, a, a traffic patrol officer in America stopped a car that was over speeding. So he went and looked inside. You know, then God peeps inside. Then he goes back to his patroka and calls headquarters. I've stopped someone really important. Important? What do you mean? Really important. Okay. Have you stopped there? Who have you stopped? Have you stopped there? Have you stopped the state representative? Have you stopped a congressman? No, 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 no. Way higher than that. Have you stopped the governor of the state? No. Higher than that. Have you stopped the senator? No. Hey. What? The mayor? No. Okay. Let's get serious. Officer, have you stopped the vice president of the United States of America or the chief justice or the secretary of state? No. Have you stopped the president? No. Have you stopped the president of another country? No. Who have you stopped? See, I don't know who I have stopped, but the Pope is his chauffeur. Now, it happened that the Pope was on holiday in America and he urged his chauffeur. He said, you know, I'm always the Pope. What? I never have fun. Allow me also drive co. So, after a lot of urging, that the chauffeur allowed him to drive. So then he starts over speeding. And so the chauffeur is like, Your Holiness, we are going over the speed limit. He said, Don't worry, I'm the Pope. They can't imprison us. Your Holiness. That's now when the patrol stopped them. So when the guy looked, it was a Pope driving. So he's like, I wonder who that passenger is. 
So this was the VIP visit. <laughs> so they send out a what? A, a party, you know, to check. Do you come in peace? We come in peace. What do you come to? We are here to see King Solomon. So they lead them to the palace all the way in. Meanwhile, all these other fellows have been waiting at Hotel Jerusalem for weeks. On Yagenda, what? Straight. Why? Because of what she carried. She brought some of her value in goods. Now, here is the point. Kings, royals don't visit empty-handed. In fact, that's a rule in worship service in case you have never been told. Never get out of your castle to go visit another worship office member's what? Castle, rented or not, while you're swinging your hands. Simple harmonic motion, like this. That's not allowed. You must take something with you. That's standard. Standard practice within worship service because we are a royal priesthood. We are royals. We don't visit empty handed. Now that's what this babe did. And she got immediate what? Access to Solomon. Mm. Mm. Now you would think Solomon was so wealthy he didn't need anything. Why did this lady bring all this wealth to someone who didn't need it when even in her own country, they needed that wealth more than where she was taking it. It's because she understood royalty. We're talking about the generosity of kings. You see, some of us are used to giving where the only time you're giving, you're giving to needs. You're only giving to solve problems. When all your giving is giving to solve problems, you are poor at heart. I told you I don't have much time, so I have to just bring it as it is. You have not been redeemed in your mind. So when we start teaching you about honor your father and mother, which is every worship harvester is doing that this month, you must honor your father and mother materially. Honor is not to be gamble. It's something. You're there going to say, but my dad, my father, and my, they don't need anything. My friend, we have not asked you to give to needs. We have asked you to give honor. Honor does not give to needs. Yeah? No. Honoring is not giving to needs. That's why some people struggle with giving God, honoring God with their substance. And with the first fruit of, of all your increase, including things like tithing, because for them, they look at God and they're like, God, even you, you know where this money is coming. It's more needed. Basically, you, you need to re repent. Kings, royals, don't think like that. Ntigwe. Gamba, you must fast. The only thing you give is kaunga and what? Yeah. Because people are hungry. No. That, by the way, you should be doing that. Giving is 360 degrees. 
you give to needs, that's downward giving. You give to friends, yeah? People at your level. Bible says that everyone is a friend of him who gives gifts. If you are lacking friends, just check your gift budget. It will explain to you why you have few friends who you have to threaten to attend your birthday party. I told you I don't have much time. Then there is upward giving, where you give to people who don't even need your, your whatever at all. But of all the 360 degree giving, the only giving that is responsible for promotion of a person is upward giving. Bible says that he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him back. When you give to the poor, you are lending and God is obliged to give you back what you have given. But it says that honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your with your substance as the first fruit of your increase and then your bands shall be filled with plenty that sounds like promotion and your vats will overflow with new wine that sounds like promotion honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and that you may live a long life and that it may be well with you that sounds like promotion to me you're not being paid what you received you're being paid a higher capital you see, when you give to the Lord, he will give you back what you lent. When you give to the poor, he will give you back what you gave because you're loaning him. And so if it's money, he'll give you back money. But when you honor your father and mother with substance, God doesn't give you back money. He gives you something of higher value. Physical capital, time and health. Hey... The generosity of kings. Let me move on. Verse 2 to 4. So Solomon answered. Now remember she came to ask what? Hard questions. Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the sitting of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Let's start with the part one. Solomon answered all her questions. We are kings. We must possess knowledge. Ignorance is not a virtue for royalty. Know something. Be well read. Be well studied. We are in the information age. It's not okay not to know certain things. Hey. Some of you go to church, you only want us to talk about the abomination of the desolation at the holy place and the end times. We are here to talk about life. Before you go to heaven, while you're here, what's happening? May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is kingdom coming to your house? Is the will of God being done in your city? Why? It's lack of wisdom. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Hey! But he answered all our questions. You know, most times when people come to you, they don't, even though they may say they want help with this, this, that, a 
actually, the greatest help you'll ever give a person is not financial. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you tried this? And then the person's life, what? Takes off because they've received wisdom from you. The wisdom you give people is of much more value than the money you'll ever give anyone. Because that wisdom will take them through life and will cause them to prosper. The money you give them, they will spend it and it gets finished. I'm not saying don't give it to them. Give them, but just know that it is going to get finished. But the wisdom you give them will generate a lot more money than you could ever give them. Hey. I'm preaching better than you're listening. Hey. Yeah. One time we were, when the church was still young and small, we were at Katikati, and after packing out the 10 o'clock service, we decided to start the 8 o'clock service. People were sweating in that 10 o'clock service, but there is nothing we could do to get them to come to the 8 o'clock. It was as scarcely populated as densely populated the 10 o'clock was. We, we, you know, there was urging them, compelling them, convincing them. Everything, there is nothing we could do that would get people to come for that 8 o'clock. It was, there were very few people. So we went and visited our friends at Reverend Shalita. And we're just talking, talking about it. And then just offhand, you know, like someone, have you thought about 9 and 11? You know, and I think hits you like, how dumb thou art. How dumb thou art. Like, Oh, wow, wow, that sounds obvious. How come we never thought about 9 and 11? And that's how the problem was solved. Just one line from a wise person. You're there sweating over the losses in your business and uh, that. just one line from a wise person can double your business. I'm telling you. One line from a wise person can double your revenue. Wisdom. Ah. So, anyway, he answered her questions. People are there are not looking happy. I don't know. I'm not the responsible for the questions you have not been answering when people come to and when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, seen the wisdom, wisdom is visible. Yeah? Everyone can talk. Mudomo, no. When it comes to wisdom, we must see. You see, the, mis the mistake people make is follow people who talk too much. First, ask you. Uh, what have they done? Yeah. 
Bible says that the crown of the wise is their riches. Anytime you find a person who has a lot of wealth, just know they are wiser than you. Yeah, unless you have more wealth than them. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My goodness. She saw. See what? So. The environments you get into and you just see wisdom. Mm. He says, the house that he had built. Eh. The Bible says, through wisdom, a house is built. If you ever find a person, a man or woman, who has built a what? A house. Respect. Respect. You see, you might be thinking that a, buying, building a house is like buying a car. Huh. <laughs> the two are in co two completely different categories of assets. Mm. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, it is filled with all. It's the next verse. Precious and pleasant riches. Yeah, but she saw the house that he had built. Now, I'm an architect, so this one is close to home. Allow me. No. Uh, why, why, why is my time finishing? Like some of us, huh? you go and make your money, hard-earned money, yeah? and then it's time to build. Nayanga, the village didn't get out of you. Instead of consulting a proper architect to design for you something God-honoring that will be a landmark in the, in the neighborhood, before we know it, some expanded pediatric type of thing. You enter a house, the rooms are like how? The windows are like as if for a prison. There is no light. You're like, what's your problem? You're going to spend 300 million building the thing, but you don't want to pay for drawings. You go get some cut drawings from somewhere online, then they go Teresa, Teresa with a pencil. Let's quit bravo. You know the classic thing about poverty of the mind and real poverty is when you are more interested in physical things than ethereal things. So you're willing to buy the bricks and the sand and the cement, but not the wisdom of designing the, the plans for which you're going to apply the sand and the cement. So I'm about to say, I'm sorry, do you negotiate for the sand and cement like that? Yeah. So you end up with some box there. Are we okay? <laughs> yeah, even you, you don't like living there. 
the house that he had built. As in this house, eh, expressed wisdom. People would look at Solomon's house and say, whoever built this house is wise. Hey. Now let me find you building stuff, stuff there. Then you want me to come and dedicate it. But in my head, I'm like, Kale Blaza. What about the architects in this church? The house that he had built, I'm talking about generosity of kings. Next verse. The food on his table. Food is a revealer of wisdom. Mm. Yeah. Research was done by a Canadian professor about how different categories of people deal with food. The poor, the middle class, and the rich. For the poor, it's about quantity. Quantity. When you say, where are we going? This doesn't. It's about quantity. There are certain restaurants that are well loved by a lot of Ugandans and Kampalans especially because even though their food is good and the quality is good, but they've, they've read the radar and understood, deal with the quantity issue, otherwise they won't come. I will not name them, but you know them. Very, very nice restaurant, but yeah, the food can serve four people, one serving, and usually one person finishes it. So. It's about quantity. Have you ever gone to like an event or a wedding and then a brother has finished serving uh, the, the, the buffet line? Mount eh? Mahabura. All food with some liquids, just the plate. Because when the person is going from the line to where they are going to sit, you know, you're balancing like, and if you're coming from the opposite direction, you can't see who the person is. You have to literally peep around to know, oh, it is Stuart. <laughs> uh, quantity. Now, for the middle class, it's quality. Is the food nice? Are the chefs good? Does it taste well? You know, that's what a lot of people around here are looking for. But for the rich, it's, it's presentation. Yeah, so you got one of those rich places with your poor middle class. Then they bring the plate. <laughs> you know, imagine the way the passes were. Your expectation is going high. <laughs> the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. By the time they lower the things to your plate, you can see they are not, we are going to need a miracle. <laughs> you are going to need a miracle because there is some commit like this two potatoes with green, green things on them, and some two leaves in an X, and two red dots. 
and very expensive cutlery. It's like just a little drizzle. And then you'll be thinking, is this a starter? <laughs> is the real food coming? <laughs> so you eat and finish it quickly, thinking the real food is coming. The next thing you see is the bill. <laughs> You just went to the wrong place. I'm out of time. The food on his table. Yeah, some of us at home. Huh? Uh, some people prefer a certain dish that is even burnt on the edges. They pour everything in there. the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, the people who work for you at home, how are they dressed? Can they even come, or do you keep them behind the house when you have guests say, hey, they stay behind the house, they eat from behind the house, they have, there's, basically there are two civilizations at your house. One behind the house and one repaint. The entry by which you went to the house of there was no more spirit in her. Royals, are you here? Yeah. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I had in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I had. Have you ever met someone and you're disappointed? Because what, they were, the, what you've been hearing and what you encountered were completely two different things and not in a good way. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Give me First Kings 4, 20-23. Spirit FM, Spirit TV, thanks for joining us. I know you'll be going offline soon. Look at this in the contemporary English version. Every day, this is Solomon's supply, daily. Every day, Solomon needed 5,000 liters of fine flour, 10,000 liters of costly ground flour, 10 grain-fed cattle, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep, as well as deer, gazelles, and geese. This is what the queen of Sheba found. This, this is your daily food budget, eh? Some of us, when the wife says, But hey, I've been talking about food, what do you mean you're with the food? What do you mean you're with <laughs> hey, how can you finish the salt? <laughs> mm. So they just start reducing the things they put in the food because they, the time they ask for, the, the budget has been reducing every day. Pastor Angela and Pastor Bithri, please come and save everyone from this preacher. But this guy, 30 bovine creatures, okay, 30 cows every day and 100 sheep and 10 
go back to the previous verse. 5,000 liters, 10,000, you could say this is about, uh, divide by 100, that will give you 50 bags of fine flour and 100 bags of cow's flour for his daily meals for his people. This is what, when we say we are prospering, we're not about, you, you, you can only eat very little. So how big was Solomon's dining room? How many people are you feeding 150 bags of kalo, kawunga, or whatever? In your school, when there was a big day, maybe your school had won some sort of trophy, they would cut one cow. If you were lucky, some schools, they never saw anything like that. One cow to feed the whole school. Now he had 30 cows every day and 100 sheep. How big was Solomon's dining? Um, and she gave the king 120 talents of gold. But this girl, what, what she's giving? Spices in great abundance and precious stones. There never were any spices such as those the queen of Sheba gave to the king. Gave to King Solomon. Now King Solomon. This is what happened. Now, King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, much more than she had brought to the king. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Wow. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There is no way this lady was going to outgive Solomon. Without contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Your generosity with God and with certain people is going to change your life forever. Understand it. Amen? Amen. What's going on? Wow. Come on, people. Let's appreciate Apostle Mose for such a powerful word. Get up on your feet that we have had this morning. The question is, what is Jesus saying to you and what are you going to do about it? So much has been said. I really sense in my heart for a few weeks now that worship harvest, God is calling us to the place of radical generosity. And there's going to be a clear difference between those who embrace this way of the kingdom as a path towards unusual prosperity, supernatural prosperity, and those who continue to live in the regular realm. And I want to invite you, let's become those people who actually have practiced the generosity of kings. What can you do today after hearing the word that you've heard? Some of us need to go home and change how the people who work in our homes dress. Their people shouldn't be able to tell that the person works in your home because you are a king how they dress, what we are paying them, the utensils they are using to eat and drink from. Some of us, you know, it's the food at our table. Some of us, it's giving upward. God has already been convicting you to give, not to need, to your father, your mother, your spiritual leaders. Some of you, it's your boss. There are gifts that should be given. And you don't know that tied in there is your promotion and access. 
and we continue to pray where there's been instruction given. So I want you to walk out of here today with a clear thing you're going to do about what you've heard so that the word is not stolen from you after saying, what a good word, so what? For your life, so what? What one thing are you going to do in response to the word that you've heard today? This is what I want to challenge you to do. Send a message to either your mission leader or your cohort shepherd or your zonal pastor or your location pastor, whoever you are accountable to, and let them know one thing you're going to do in response to the word today. Let it be practical. Don't say, give more. What does that mean? Exactly what are you going to do to respond to what God has said today so that it is not stolen from you. Another response I want to encourage you. You're watching today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. The greatest gift that heaven has ever given to us is Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And we want to invite you into a relationship with him. You're here in the room or you're watching online and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Today is the best day for your salvation. And I want you to not be afraid but instead to respond today to say yes to having Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you put your hand up if that's you today? You're saying yes to Jesus. You're receiving him as your Lord and you, thank you, my brother. I see that hand. A pastor is running to you right now. I want you to put your hand up straight without fear. You're saying today, I break fellowship from the camp of the enemy. I receive Jesus as my... I see another hand. I see another hand over there in the corner. Keep it up. Just briefly, my brother. There's someone coming to you. Just put that hand up. Yes. Come on, let's keep them coming up. If you're here today, today is the day of your deliverance, your salvation. God wants to change your life. He wants to give you a new life. It's the greatest miracle of all. Just put that hand up boldly. You're saying yes to Jesus. I'm receiving him. Once a pastor comes to you, you can put the hand down. But just say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm receiving him as my Lord and my Savior. Today, yes, I am saying yes. The rest of you just continue to pray in the Spirit. To pray in the Spirit as we receive courage online at home. You don't have to have an audience. Jesus is there with you. Children, adults, there's no one too young or too old to receive Jesus. And I want you to pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate our brothers and sisters that have come home today? If you're online, you can send us a message on that number and let us know that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. There's the verse that our apostle read last. How the Queen of Sheba went back with whatever she asked for. Like she took so much and then took back so much more. And God kept saying, you can never outgive me. Yes. 2 Chronicles 9.12 Now King Solomon gave to the Queen of Sheba all she desired. Whatever she asked. Much more than she had brought to the king. And what I'm hearing God say is you cannot outgive me. You cannot outgive me. And I got the sense that there, that there are people wanting to take the step 
to give an out of ordinary offering to God. And part of you is like, should I? Shouldn't I? And God is saying, you cannot outgive me. You will get all you desire. All you desire. You get much more than you bring to the king. You're out there. The thought kept playing through your mind. You're like, should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? I'm here to push you over the edge and say, go ahead and do it. Wait and see. Wait and see. You're going to get... Wait and see. You'll testify. I don't know what else to say. Please say yes to that decision in your head. I know you're sending a message to your missionary leader or to your cohort shepherd or to your zonal pastor or to your location pastor to keep you accountable. Wait and see. You will get much more than you bring to the king. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for blessing us so mightily. Thank you for healing us. Someone, if you're in need of healing, just receive your healing in your body right now. It's very simple. It's not complicated. So we speak healing over you, that you will not be under any bondage of any sickness or any influence of the enemy. Thank you for healing us, for filling us with your spirit. Thank you for loving us, for teaching us your word. May your word bring forth fruit a hundredfold. We bless you and honor you. And friends, even as you go, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. May he show you the right doors to open and the doors to leave closed. May he give you wisdom above your peers. May you be the solution person in every environment, in your family, in your workplace, in the civic space, wherever you are. May you be a bearer of kingdom value and values. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen, amen. Thanks for coming out. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.